verses from the song, and we're going to talk about them. And then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it's going to go. So um, point number one is a little verse from the song, and it's, Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross, darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost, but then Jesus arose with freedom in hand. And I don't know, I was just listening to that song the first time, and I'd never heard it, and, you know, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, okay, this is like a, I like the beat of the song. I'm one of those people, I like the beat of the song, and then I listen to the lyrics. Like, I don't ever listen to the lyrics first. It's probably not a good thing, because I'm listening to bad songs, and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that word was in there. But I was like, man, this is a good song. And then I listened to it again, and I was like, whoa, our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. And it just, it was like, like a ton of, like the, the heaviness of that hit me. A criminal's cross the, the man that was sinless paid the ultimate death. The uh, Roman sources say the lowest of lows. He, he did that for us, and it just blew my mind. So um, let's see. So what we're talking about is obviously Jesus Christ, what we think of as him. Yeah, that guy right there. Um, well, when we think of Jesus, we think of this cross right here. But the way culture has shifted is, is just mind-blowing. Mind like, Back then, when Jesus was crucified, the cross was not something that you were like, like you, you wear it like this. It was not something, it was a horrible, horrible thing. The lowest of low people were represented by that cross. And I think it's so cool how Jesus kind of like, they crucified him and he was like, hey, I'm, I'm taking that with me. I'll, I'll now be known as like the cross because I gave it all. Um, let's see. Um... um so... I'm going to explain kind of what, because um, I, I, I never knew this, but like what the meaning of the cross actually was in Rome and like what other, because there was a bunch, a bunch of people crucified, not exactly like Jesus, but a bunch, a bunch of people were crucified and why they used that and why it was such, like it worked really good. I mean, it's a horrible thing, but it worked really good. And it wasn't necessarily for the guy, girl, whoever it was. I don't even know if they did women. I don't, oh, apparently they did. Um, but the uh, guy or girl on the cross, it really wasn't for them. I mean, of course, they were being tortured and literally nailed to a piece of wood to hang there and suffer and die. But it wasn't necessarily for that. It was for, like, the people watching. They literally paraded them through the cities. They, you, were, you were made an example of. And these weren't no, when I thought of it, I was like, oh, this guy's been stealing bread. They just they just gave it to the, like, that guy gets it, that guy gets it. No, it was for the lowest of lows. So the you can just think of the worst of the worst people. Um, and that's what they gave Jesus. The, they called him the worst of the worst, and he literally did nothing. If you, if you put him next to the guy that should have been on the cross, they look polar opposites. Um, so, I mean, literally... Roman sources say the lowest of lows. So not the, not the lows, not the bad people, the lowest of the low. You go to prison, the worst guy in there. They said Jesus, the guy that never sinned, was equal to him. Um, let's see. So when I think of that in my mind, I try, to, I try to think of something that would be like that. So when I read the Bible, usually I have to, I read something, I'm like, okay, what does that correlate with today? So I'm like, I try to justify that in my mind. I'm like, okay, the cross. I'm like, we have... We have like Chinese water torture. I'm like, that's horrible, but there's you're you're pretty much alone. There's no one else around to watch you. There's no blood really. It's just a psychological thing. Um, and I'm like, no, that that can't be it. Can't be it. I'm like, okay, a firing squad. That was like a horrible thing. No, I mean it's pretty much over pretty quickly. They don't 
there's a slight, like maybe a little bit of torture, but there's not like any just horribleness. And there's not a bunch of people, you're not, you're not made an example out of, you're just there to die. And it's, it's supposed to be rather quickly. Um, I thought maybe like a hanging. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's a, you know, it's a public, they made them very public. They made an example out of you. Don't do this or you'll be hung. But it really wasn't meant to be, you weren't supposed to be tortured. You were just kind of, they were like, we don't really have to touch you and you'll die. And people can see. So there's not really any suffering there. Um, and at most, hangings only last two minutes. So literally two minutes of suffering, and you're pretty much getting choked unconsciously. So it's, it's really not that much. Um, and so I was like, okay, what about like today? And I was like, okay, lethal injection. And then my mom was like, no, that's literally meant, we're, we're, we're trying to do the least hurtful thing possible. Like literally you just pass out, and then you're dead. And I was like, that can't be it. There's no humiliation. There's no blood. There's no, uh, there's no any of those things. It's supposed to be painless. Um, so this, I started thinking again and thinking again, and I'm like, there's nothing. And I'm like, okay, maybe the electric chair. You know, they, that was a horrible thing. They kill people in an electric chair. There's um, electric chairs averagely lasted, or people on the electric chair averagely lasted about two minutes. Um, so I'm like, okay, you're, you're being electrocuted for two minutes. That's horrible. But there's no blood. There's no public people to watch you. It's, it's only two minutes. Um, of course, you have to, I mean, you're, you're, you're knowing you're going to die before that, but there's no actual physical torture before that. Um, and so I was like, wow, in my mind, I literally can't think of anything worse than the crucifixion. Like nowhere near, nowhere near how bad it was. And not just the crucifixion, but leading up to the cross was just the worst thing I could ever imagine. Um, uh, the, the crucifixion wasn't meant to be just blood and like all these horrible things. I mean, it was supposed to last a, like a long time. It was supposed to be public humiliation. Um, in the Bible, it says the, uh, they whipped Jesus and then they made him carry this cross through the proper of the town, which is pretty much like town square. So they, 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 they made him parade through this place where everybody could see him. And it wasn't like, you know, everybody was looking like, oh gosh, look away. Everybody was laughing, mocking him, spitting on him and stoning him. And he was walking through, carrying this cross as they're, as they're whipping him behind, telling him to keep carrying the cross. Um, and I think that's horrible. In my mind, I'm like, wow, that's horrible. But that's not even half of it. Um, so he's being whipped and carrying the cross through, this, through the town. People are laughing at him. They think it's a joke. They think, oh, the king of kings, the lord of lords, he's got a crown on his head. The most disrespectful thing you could do ever. Um, and Jesus was sitting there looking at the people behind him, whipping him, and he was looking at the crowd, and he was looking at their eyes. And he, he didn't say this, but what he was doing is what, is what this represents, is he was saying, I forgive you. Those people, they were throwing the stones, they were whipping him, they were spitting on him, mocking him. He was like, I, I forgive you, you're, you're my son. That, part, that dude that was whipping him, he was like, you know, I know you're probably, you don't understand what you're doing exactly, but I forgive you, and I love you. And that is insane to me to think about. I can, I can only imagine, like, somebody, I can imagine somebody punching me, and it'd take, like, two years for me to be like, yeah, we're cool again. I would never be like, I love you. I'd be like, I just won't talk to you. I won't, I won't punch you back, but, like, we're good now. I don't know. Like, but this is times 100. Um, so it just blows my mind that that's, that's the type of love we're talking about. The people casting the stones in the crowd, and he's looking at them and being like, yep, you're my son. You're my son, you're my daughter, you're my daughter. I love all of you. Um, 
And so that just blows my mind. That, like the type of love we're talking about. Because the, the Bible says we literally can't comprehend the type of love he has for us. And I believe it because just, I mean, none of us can imagine that. No, none of us have the power to do that. Because when I was little, I used to think, you know, like, okay, Jesus is God. Okay, so maybe God was like, you know, I'm going to numb him. And I was like, okay, that makes total sense. Like, I'm just going to numb him so he doesn't feel this, but he's going to be a representation. But literally before it happens, Jesus looks to the Father and says, please, is there, is there any other way? And the Father says, no, there's no other way. You have to do this. And Jesus loves us so much, he, he turned around and said, like, let's do it. I mean, it's not like he wanted to, but he said, let's do it. Like, I love these people so much. Um, so, let's see. So we carried him through the city. He's making his way up to where the cross will be put in the ground. Um, and at the same time, his friends had, are gone. Of What friends he thought he had, um, they're gone. The, he has no one there. He has no one there, like, telling him it's okay. He's literally just being paraded through the city, just in the worst, worst imaginable way possible. Um, let's see. Okay. And then he gets up to the to the to the hill or whatever you want to call it, um, to where the cross would be put in the ground, and they lay him on the cross. And he's been beaten, as you saw in that picture. He's been beaten. He's he's probably the Bible says he he falls a couple times. And um, on some crucifixions, the people wouldn't even make it to the hill. They would they would fall. They would die from the the blood loss from being whipped. The the beatings, they wouldn't even make it. They would literally die. They wouldn't just, they wouldn't just lay there because they wouldn't allow them to lay there. They would just die. Um, and so he gets it all the way up there. His body is covered in bruises and slashes the cat of nine tails. You can only imagine how bad that hurt. Um, and once again, it wasn't supposed to be like, we're going to kill him. It was supposed to be like small lacerations. for like So it didn't cut him too deep, but it cut him enough where it really hurt. And I just think about that, and that's just, it, once again, it blows my mind. Apparently, I'm going to say that. But it blows my mind. It it almost makes me like like tear up a little bit when I read that because I'm like, wow. I, I read over that so many times. I'm like, okay, he just got whipped. But the the depth of how he got whipped and the public humiliation because I almost get offended. Like, and this is like this is Cole Jones speaking, not not preacher Cole, which is so weird to say. Um, but I almost think I'm like I'm like if I was there, I would be like I would be slapping these people and like boxing them, like get off of Jesus. But like. He had somebody try to do that, and he was like, nope, don't do that. So I'm like, I guess I'm Peter. I'm like, give me my sword. I'm, like, going to defend you. But and, and at the same time, all this is happening, Jesus could, in two seconds, stop all of it. He could have killed every single person there, but he didn't because he loves them so much. And he saw, he saw their better self of what they were doing. He saw, he saw the goodness in, you know, they, they may be crucifying him, but he saw the goodness in their heart. Um. Um, and so they get them, they, they lay the, these giant beams. I mean, this is only, this is like four before cross, but I can only imagine how big it really was. I've never, I've never really seen like a replica of it, but I know they were extremely heavy. He literally had to lug this thing up a hill and it wasn't like, you know, he had it all comfortable. He had lacerations on his back. I'm sure he had tons of splinters and this thing was so heavy and it's not like they had like some cool tennis shoes. They had like Jesus sandals. So that must have been really hard. Um, no, random fact. This is what I think about. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, but they lay him on the cross, and I heard uh, Billy Graham. Everybody knows who that is. Um, I heard him. I was, I was doing my sermon notes and everything, and I was just, like, trying to, trying to think of stuff, and I was like, I need, I need to hear somebody talk about this. I'm not, like, 
this is like one of my first times up here. So I was like, I need to hear somebody, like, what do they think about this? And so I looked up, and I was like, the guy that everybody knows, Billy Graham, and his voice is so soothing to me. It's like, it just reminds me of, like, grandma's house. Um, I don't know. I, I guess every grandma had got it on, but um, so I turned it on, and he said, um, they, they laid Jesus on the cross, but they didn't crucify him. They, they didn't drive the nails through his hands. They didn't drive the nails through his feet. They did not crucify him, but me, I crucified him, and y'all crucified him. Our, our sin, all that weight of sin drove those nails through his hands. And once again, I read that, and I'm like, I'm like on the, urge of, I'm the, I'm the, on the edge of crying because I'm like, I, I did that. I'm like, the, my, my best friend, my, like, Jesus, my God, I, I helped be a part of that. Because it's so easy to be like, oh, the Romans did it. But really, we did it. And we drove those giant nails through his hands. Um, and another thing was they didn't, if they drove them through your hands, it wasn't enough to just drive them through your hands because this is kind of gross, but it would, they would literally tear if you put them in your palms. So they would either put them right here or they would tie, them, tie put, they would put it through your hands and tie a rope so you wouldn't be able to tear, which is, that's, that's the most brutal thing I can think of. Um, so they lay them on the cross and the weight of our sins and all the dirt and grime from our lives pushed those nails through his hands and feet and then they go to stand him up and for the first time, make sure I get this right. Um, okay, so then a shadow comes. So since eternity began, there's never been a shadow, but a shadow comes between God the Father and God the Son. And you may say, why is there a shadow? That makes no sense. Well, I'm not talking about an actual shadow, but a figurative shadow. And you may be like, what, what shadow are you talking about? And it's because God cannot look upon sin. He, he had to look away from Jesus to put all of our filth, all of our dirt, all of our sins, everything you've ever thought negatively on the guy that never did anything wrong. And once again, it just blows my mind. Like he put all that, he had to look away because it was so bad. And so Jesus is on the cross, hands through his, hands through his feet, Hands through his hands. I mean, nails through his feet. <laughs> nails through his hands. Um, sitting there in such agony. And then the weight of all of our sins, all of our, the horribleness of, I, I can only imagine, I mean, I would say I'm not that bad of, that bad of a guy. <clears throat> but, you know, I've done like, I've thought some horrible things. I've thought, I've done some horrible things. And I'm like, just that was enough to push those nails through his hands. But I can only imagine eternity, the the weight of every single person's sin. And, he, and he's not talking about the person's sins that are in here. He's talking about the person right now in the alleyway, asleep, looking for the next $5 to get some drugs. He's, he did it for the people throwing rocks at him when he was going to be crucified. And um, so the shadow comes. God, God has to look away from him to pour all of that on him. And just the, the weight, once again, the weight of our, the dirt of our lives, the sin, the horribleness, Jesus takes it all at that time, at that moment. Um, and I can only imagine the mysteriousness of that moment. Um, you know, people, people try, to, try to describe that, but I don't think there's any way to actually comprehend that. I mean, we can't, our, our little human minds can't, can't even begin to be there even with that. Like, we, we've never seen a crucifixion, but I can only imagine what's, what it's like. Like, I watched The Passion of the Christ, and it's supposed to be like a re very realistic version and it's like I almost can't watch it 
because it's so, it just, it puts real depth into it and it makes us, I don't know, it makes me like, like think about all the things that I've done and I'm like, I'm, I'm part of this, but at the same time, we're forgiven and I don't, I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to live my life the same way I would if I had the weight of that sin on my life. And at, at, that, at that moment, my, the weight of my sin was casted on him, as long, along with everybody else's. Um, so point number two is he canceled my debt and called me his friend. And once again, this is like, this makes me want to cry because, I don't know, it's like Jesus calling us friends. And uh, the scripture I'm going to read to kind of go along with it is John 15, 15. <clears throat> and... Uh, scripture reads, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his, father, his master's business. Instead, I call you friend for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So in that, in that moment, I don't know, it just, once, once I read that, I'm like, Jesus is literally calling us friends. He's calling the people, and he, he say, he's saying that to everybody. He's saying that to, the, literally, once, once again, the people throwing the rocks at him. He's like, you, you are my friend. I forgive you. I love you. Um, and so, you know, I had, had my three points, and I came to Scott, and I was like, I, every time I do this, it's like five minutes long. And I'm like, I know some people would be happy with a five-minute-long sermon, but I don't know how to, like, how do I make this longer? And he was like, um, okay. And we were going over stuff, and he was like, so he kind of like, he's like, make it personal. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want to make it personal. <laughs> like, no one, no one wants to make it personal, but he was like, make it personal. And, and we were literally sitting back there, like, 10.30 at night. We're just talking, talking life, everything. Um, and he was like, okay, so Cole, um, when did Jesus become your friend? And I was like, uh, I, wanted, like I wanted to give him the, like, when I was 11 and I accepted him into my heart. But he was like, he was giving me the, like, the preacher Scott look. And I was like, um, um, and then he looked at me. And he was like, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. And I was like, okay. Um, and so I sat there for literally like five minutes. It's just silence of me and him. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, what, when did Jesus become my, my, my friend, my because he, he can be the Lord of your life, but it's different when he's your friend. Um, and I was like, I, I said, uh, it was when I started to walk with him every day. Everywhere I went, I would I would constantly talk to him. And it wasn't like I was one of those like crazy people, like I would stop mid-sentence and just talk to him. But he would come he would come with me everywhere I go. Um, and just the power of that, having him in your life and the the temptations I would have. And I'm he's there right by my side. Um, and... Uh, I told him. I told him that I was like, when he walked, when not when he walked with me every day, when, when I allowed him to walk with me every day, because he he's always there and wanting to. But it was when I made this choice that he's gonna come with me everywhere I go. Um, and and I said I was like, when I when I wanted to make him proud, and Scott like looked at me and he was like, that's good. And I was like, oh okay. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what that means. And he was like, he was like, that is. He was like, I couldn't have said a better answer. He was like, that is that is your personal answer, and it couldn't have been any better. Um. And I don't know, in my life, uh, like, you know, I want to make my dad proud. I want to make, like, my family proud. I feel like we have our family name. We're like, we want to keep the, the Jones name proud. Like, I just don't want to do anything bad. I don't know. I just have, you know, those people that have, like, certain names that are, like, like, they have a bad stigma to them. They're like, oh, those people. And I'm like, I never wanted to be those, those, those like, named people. Um, and I was like, I want to make him proud. And I want him to be, like, I, don't know, I just imagine him being, like, you know, giving me a hug and being like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, and, and, and Scott was like, well, what is that? What is that? What, what, in your mind, what do you, what do you, when you're, when he's proud of you, what are you doing? And I was like, um, I'm in his word. And 
when certain times when somebody like like says something to me and I want to just hit them with every fact in the book, I just sit there and I'm like, okay, man, that's, and he's, he's sitting there and he's like, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. That was really hard, but you did really good. When I'm, when I'm in his word, when all, the, all these different things and when I'm sharing stuff like this, like right now, I feel like he's up here with me and just like, he's like, good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, when, when he, so my, my two things were when he walked with me every day, which those, those come hand in hand. When he walked with me every day, he was there to see, or he was always there, but when I felt like he was there to see me do things that made him proud, like I would, I would just be sitting there doing stuff and I'm like, he's right here with me. Like, it just makes me, makes me happy that I, I can make him proud. Um, and it's, it's, it's also like that fatherly love that goes right along with that. Um, so point number three. And this is, it says, when death was arrested and my life began. Once again, when death was arrested and my life began. It didn't say when death was arrested and got out of jail. It didn't say when death was put on bail. It said when death was arrested and my life began. And once again, we read over those things. And when I was listening to the song the first time, I never, never felt the depth of that. Um, but I listened to it a couple more times, and I was like, when death was arrested and my life began. And um, when that day when Jesus was on the cross, he literally arrested death, and it's not like it's coming back anytime soon. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't only arrest it for a couple years. He didn't, he didn't arrest it for a couple people. He arrested it for every single one of us. Um, and so we need to start living like that. We can't, we can't just hunker down and allow Jesus to preach the message because he puts it in us to preach it. He doesn't, you know, he didn't say, um, be saved and sit in the church and just be part of the church. He says, go out, go. Um, share the share the message. Be make friends with people. Go in places you probably shouldn't be. That you're you're the light in a dark tunnel. Um, and I don't know. It's it's almost like I feel, um, I feel like a weight of like almost. I don't want to say disrespect because, um, I know he doesn't think of me like that. But in my mind, I think of when I don't do those things, I'm disrespecting the cross because he didn't do all that for me to just sit at the house and play video games. He didn't, he didn't do that just for me to go on vacation and see that homeless person and be like, oh, somebody else will get him. He didn't do, he didn't, he didn't do all that for nothing. He did it for every, every sin, everything, every weight, every problem, all at one time. And the, the horribleness of that is, is fuel to keep going. And this isn't like a message for you to like, go out and preach to the world, but like, just the weight of that, like, we shouldn't be scared when we had something, we had someone suffer that kind of pain and all of that. We shouldn't just, it should come with some weight. Um, so that my, my challenge today is for you to go out into the world with boldness. And I know it's like, for me, like right now, I'm like, I'm a little nervous. I was a little nervous when we got up here. Sean's prayer definitely helped. But um, um, I wasn't comfortable getting up here. And... I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I should be. If I was completely comfortable, I, I don't think I would be in the right right stage of where I should be. Um, but you know, like going to Axis, I I wanted to. We had a serve day there, and I, I was like, man, I hope we get some mulch, which makes no sense. But I was like, I want to I want to do some mulch. I was like, I can do like physical labor so easy. And then they're like, we're gonna go pray for people, and I was like, why? <laughs> Give it to the other people. And they were like, no, this is our group. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. 
I guess I'll go pray for people. I just, I was like, I'm not like, I can't pray very good. I'm not like all like confident about it. Um, and so that was a perfect, perfect example. I was so uncomfortable. I took the, the group of middle schoolers, the boys, and um, it, it was incredible what happened. Um, we were going house to house, picking up trash. Of course, like all the kids are just like just middle schoolers, but it was, it was so fun. Um, uh, being middle schoolers, picking up, we're picking up trash, picking up bottles. It's like a somewhat dirty street, so we're picking up bottles, going to houses, knocking on doors, and we were going to offer them cookies and pray for them, which is like a perfect little combo. Um, but, of course, not a lot of people answered the door. We literally, on our group, we, we knocked on like 12 doors. Only one person answered the door, um, and they didn't even open the door. So, uh, she opened the inside door, and it was like a, another door in between, and so... Um, I'm, we're, we're sitting there talking, and before we went up there, I was thinking, like, okay, the middle schoolers are going to be nervous. I'm going to have to, like, hi, I'm Cole. This is what we're doing. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to have to pray, like, a little middle schooler prayer because I'm nervous, um, but that wasn't it at all. Um, we literally sat there, and I was like, all right, um, we're going to have teams of who wants to pray, who wants to not do stuff, and I thought I was going to have to be, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll pray, and y'all just, y'all introduce yourself, and I'll, I'll do all the heavy work. But that's not at all what happened, and it was kind of like a like like a wow moment. Um, we get there, and um, all these all these middle school boys are like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll pray." Um, one of them was like, "Yeah, I'll greet, I'll pray, and I'll hand the cookies." And I was like, "I don't have to do anything. This is, I mean, like, I, I was feeling like, wow, they can they can do this." And well, Zion's here, but he did the the one person. Oh, there he is. Um, well, the one person that did it that opened the door. She didn't even open the door. She was like, "I have a bunch of kids in here. I don't want to open the door." And we were like, "Okay." Um, and just a little, like, just a middle school boy praying for, uh, she had lost, like, a, the neighbor had lost a grandmother, and she was like, if you'll just pray over the house, and just the, literally Zion just praying over that, it wasn't anything special, it was, it was perfect, and it was just incredible, it, it, like, it made me want to be more bold, bold than myself, because I saw such a young kid being confident in himself, um, and they did, they did incredible, and, we, then after that, we were like, we're, we're, on, we're on the hunt. We need to find some more people. But of course, no one answered the door, but it was okay. Um, so I just want to challenge everybody here to go out into the world with boldness and realize that he suffered for your sins. So that weight is gone. Um, and to just grow your, your relationship with him. So yeah, um, with that, I'm going to close. Um, yeah, um, in the back, back there is the little, you see a little index card. And if you want to fill that out for the, uh, the month of August, it's the, what Scott will be preaching on. Um, so if you have like a thing, I'm, I'm definitely going to write, write one because I've always been like, Scott, will you preach on this? Um, I'm definitely going to write one of those. Um, so if you want to, you don't have to put your name on there. Just write what it is. Give kind of a brief description of what direction you want to go. And that'll be it. So yeah, um, hope you all have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you here next Sunday. 